Welcome to That Took a Turn. Hosted by the two people talking. Me, Kate. And me, Hannah. We're friends. Let's get this party started. Oh, we're talking about parties. What? That's insane. Hannah, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, work is going well. Life is going well. It's the weekend now for you. It's the weekend. It's the freaking weekend. So you're ready to I'm party. Pumped. I'm ready to party. I couldn't be more ready. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. Good. Been getting out in nature lately, which yeah. has been really wonderful. Good. And yeah, I've been listening to Nicole Byer's podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? You turned me on to that one. It's just so, it's such a like easy-ish listen. I mean, sometimes it's a bit vulgar. <laughs> if you're not interested in the vulgar or things in life, you might not be interested True. in her podcast. The ending elements where yes. she was like, if you write me something dirty, I'll, <laughs> I'll read it out loud. And it's like, <laughs> it's a little bit fun and silly, but yeah, that's, yes. that's the element. The a little bit fun and silly is mm-hmm. what I've been enjoying about it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's what's been up with me. I'm not single or looking to be right. dated. You're in a relationship. Correct. <laughs> so um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Just so you all know, we're sitting in our apartment right now with, we're unable to put the AC on because of this recording because situation. So, yes. Because of this recording situation. The AC is way too loud. Um, so the only way we're cooling down is by drinking chilled glasses of wine that are not the best glasses of wine. <laughs> That's right, Hannah. Yeah. This wine is, um, shall we say, smelly? <laughs> is that the word you would use to describe it? I mean, yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. We mixed in half of the good wine, so right. it's, it's technically good. Either the, the glass is half good. The glass is half good and half bad, as... As partygoers say. <laughs> Cheers to that, Cheers! Hannah. Uh, what do you think is the wildest, most preposterous Great Gatsby level party that there ever once was? Ooh. Dude, I don't know. To be honest, I was um, looking into this sort of thing for what I was going to do, but then mm. I was like, no, no, no. I feel like I need to go in a different direction. Did you know I was going this direction? No, I didn't. I had no idea. Okay. But I would say... Are we talking United States or... Whatever. We're, we're talking Global. parties, man. Parties. Yeah. Oh. The party don't stop. Oh my gosh. I'm try- I'm now thinking of like so many different cultures that are famous for their parties or like well known for their parties. Like Which, Greek parties, um, like Indian wedding celebrations, true, like true. those types of parties. Um, but I'm just going to go with um, some one in Paris in the 1920s is what I'm guessing is the setting. So the setting that you believe is Paris in the 1920s. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine they didn't have raging bashes I mean, yeah. in Paris in the 1920s, mm-hmm. but that's not the fiesta I'm talking about Ooh, okay. today. Tell me. Why I believe the most preposterous, wildest, great Gatsby level party that there ever once was actually took place in Nero's House of Gold, or the Domus Aurea. Okay. I think that's how you say it. That's, uh, I think Latin, could be Greek, unsure, for (laughs) Golden House. And Nero was the fifth Roman emperor of the Roman Empire. 
who reigned from AD 54 until his death in AD 68. And don't okay, even right. get me started on why the years are going 64. What do you mean? Wait. They're going the right direction. They're going the right direction. But when it's BC. Yeah, when it's BC, it goes opposite. Yes, and I just don't know why we need to do that. Yeah. Because it's, it's before Christ, and right. not everyone believes in Christ. Right. So. And then they tried to switch it to BCE, before Common Era, but it's oh. still signifying, like, the same thing. Right. Just, just calling for, it a different name, I'm pretty that's sure. That's kind of like a lazy way to get out of uh, yeah. westernization. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Jesus Christ? Meh. This was Adony. <laughs> what was Rome like, you ask? Mm-hmm. Well, the Roman Empire was huge. It expanded from... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had Your to check my notes. Your face when you said expanded. <laughs> like, it was one of pure terror, because I thought I had lost <laughs> No, it was huge, though. Honestly, huge. I saw a map and it extended into like parts of Africa, oh, the whoa. edge of Great Britain, down. Uh, yeah, down to Asia Minor. So it was honestly one of the largest points in the Roman Empire. And at this point, it's honestly a bit comparable to where we're at today in terms of the wealth and class gap with billionaires and, you know, the rest of the world. Okay. However, the gap in wealth and class is much bigger, like 900 senators of the Roman Senate have extreme wealth, like to the point where they could support an entire province with their singular wealth alone, like wow. one of them, not multiple. What? Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Correct. So, huh. <laughs> right, very uneven yeah. distribution of wealth and class. And then Nero gets to power and decides, I'm going to just outdo every emperor that we've had since, and just say, fuck it, let's spend everything. Seems like the only thing to do. I mean, truly. <laughs> what would you do? The exact yeah, same thing. Probably. Yeah. So this guy, his life was steeped in drama from the get-go. Okay. He, at the age of two, his dad died, and then when he was 13, his mom remarried to the emperor, the fourth emperor of Rome, which was, his name is Claudius. Do you know if his dad was originally I don't think like his dad. royalty I don't think so okay I think so his kind mom, of a married in thing yes definitely married okay, in. okay. his mom was a playa not like a mm -hmm. not a, a she got around she was manipulative oh. you could say like she got around power okay if that makes sense but uh yeah so Claudius was Nero's new dad and at the time he wasn't actually named Nero it was like a common name but I don't know what it was because it was really long and just boring but you can imagine <laughs> why he changed it for that reason <laughs> um yeah Claudius adopted him as his son and Claudius also had a different son Britannicus I believe <laughs> I if these names were like real today I know. Honestly, why can't they be? They I'm going to have a child just to name my child Britannicus. Britannicus. I thought you were going to name your child phone number. That's, that That's is a true story. I was, when I was a younger child myself, I thought, wow, what a clever name. No one else would ever <laughs> name their child that, so I'd be safe. It'd be original. I thought it was the most genius and hilarious thing. I love that you also thought it was genius, not just hilarious. I'm going to tell your future kid that, to me, their real name is phone Maybe number. Maybe I'll just make their middle name phone number. <sighs> 
Dude, that'd we'll be so see. funny. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Back to Britannicus. Please. So he was in line for the throne as he was the blood heir to Claudius. But when Claudius died, Nero basically took over like his mother would have done. And he... Fiending for that power. He was fiending for that power. Nero was fiending for that power. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, when Claudius died, Nero had the support of the senators and the praetorian guard which is basically like the secret service for roman emperors okay um and his mother all vying for him to take the throne and he was actually relatively popular with sort of like the general romans because i don't know he kind of had that like underdog quality to him like he wasn't born into it necessarily well he was not born into it so things were looking up He was 17, and, you know, many believed that his reign would herald the start of a new golden age. I believe it. I... I don't know what happens in history, so please. (laughs) Well, I will continue then. So it was honestly one of the largest points in the Roman Empire, and they decided, why not give it to a 17-year-old? Of course. Why not? Exactly. It just reminded me of uh, the episode of Parks and Rec when um, uh, Ben is explaining how he was the 18-year-old mayor for his hometown and completely, like, fucked up the entire town. <gasps> That's what I'm thinking. So, yeah, no giving no giving uh, nations to 17-year-olds. That's, well, lessons learned, Hannah. <laughs> lessons learned. The Roman Empire did need to learn that lesson firsthand, so he became emperor. Great. And when he was emperor, he was deeply resented by the Roman aristocracy, but also because he didn't just attend the theater, he acted and recited poetry oh, in God. the theater as well. That's incredible. Right. He really just said, let me do all of the things. He wore all the hats. Oh. Nero really did it all, okay. including murder. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. He murdered his mom. <gasps> who has? Fuck. She's the one who, yeah. like, like put him in the position to be in power in the first place, I Correct. feel like. She did give birth to him. Wow. Yes. And married into the fam. Right. Correct. Oh, my God. I think he might have killed Britannicus, but don't quote me on that. Uh-huh. Speaking of, my sources are... Great. Eight Wildest Parties in History by Sarah Roller and Ten Fascinating Facts About Emperor Nero by Luke Tomes, both from HistoryHit.com multiple Wikipedia articles, an article by Alexandria Turney called The Domus Aurea, Nero's House of Gold, and His Eccentric Life in Rome. Also, The Emperors of Rome podcast from La Trobe University, and finally, visit ColosseumRome.com. So yeah, at this point, we have a 17-year-old murderer in charge, and he's spending all the money. (laughs) Then... Ten years into his Rome. So he's 27. That's like three years older than us. Jeez. Relatable. Yeah. A fire breaks out on the night of July 18th, which is today. Shit. Like the date we are recording today is July 18th. In this moment, it is July 18th. Hannah's shaking her head like she does not understand. You're do you right. understand? I do understand. Is today the 18th? Today is the 15th. That's why 
I didn't understand. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Okay, but in like three days, four days. Yeah. Four days. Rome will burn. Rome is burning. Yeah. Wow, I really thought this was like a creepy deepy comparison no, moment. It's and okay. That's fine. Whatever. That my entire story is bullshit now. <laughs> Discredited. No, no, no. I dig it back. So yeah, Rome burns for six whole days and it destroys the heart of the city. Can you imagine? All of Denver, boom, no. up in flames. Six days from now, everything's gone. That's insane, but also thinking about, is this like the capital of Rome? This is Rome, Rome, like Rome, Italy, Rome, of Italy. the oh, Roman Rome, Empire. Of the Roman Empire. Correct. Okay. Wow. Yes. Shit. So what does Nero do? Of course, he decides it's time for his goldness to become literal. Oh my God. So he builds a 300 acre palace covered in gold leaf, precious stones, frescoes, and gardens. Does this still exist today? You think? Well, it's complicated. Okay. Okay. So rumor has it that he was actually the one that started the fire. We didn't start the oh fire. Because the motherfucker just wanted his gold palace. He wanted that prime real estate. That was kind of the theory, right? Mm, interesting. So what he wanted it for? An entertainment hub to throw parties where the public would not be invited. <gasps> I, I mean, to not be invited would be sad. Yeah. Some were invited, but... Highbrow people. Highbrow people. Highbrow. The highest of the brows. Because mm-hmm. this is the party of all parties. The party to end. Yeah. Parties to end all parties. Okay. Tell me about this party. Oh, well. It's time for a break. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know about all the good things. Me too. Anything that you want to share, give a shout out to. Promote a creative pursuit. Small business. We got you. This airspace could be yours for the price of zero dollars. Zero dollars. Email us at that took a turn podcast at gmail.com. Make sure to include some info, what you'd like us to say, and we'll read it on the air. You support us, we want to support you. So I guess back to the episode. Bye. Adios. But where were we? I don't know. Where were we? Um, I was talking. Let me, did I just spill my wine? Oh God. Oh This man. is a mess. No, I'm a mess. I think it's fine. I um, think I just wiped it with my hands. mixed shitty good wine. Well, isn't it just all the shitty wine now? Didn't we run out of good I, wine? I saved a little bit of good wine. Oh. <laughs> Poor did Bless it. your heart. <laughs> well. Um, wine enthusiasts would be pissed. For real. I mean, sure, but they can look at my bank account mm. any day. Tell me what you choose. True. Carrots or wine. True. <laughs> anyway. So, the palace was mm, insane. Um, it had a man-made lake installed. At in, inside? In the gardens. In the gardens. In the gardens. But yes. shit. Right. I mean, I pff, making a lake sounds hard, in my opinion. It had over 300 rooms, but not one of those rooms was considered a bedroom because this was... Oh, yes. We are so thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... That would be an okay time to introduce the pod dog, Tony. I think we did introduce him on our last episode. Uh, we didn't. Oh, did we? I... We did. Well, either way. There he is. There he is. He's being a real thirsty boy. He's hydrated. Oh, there he goes. Ah. Uh, right, right for a nap. All right. Well, 
It had over 300 rooms, but not one was considered a bedroom because Nero wanted the space to be for purely entertainment purposes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, but my question is, though, like, what happens after a party sometimes calls for a bedroom? Well, yeah, I... These parties went the same way. People got a little uh, yeah. excited to see each other, shall we say. <laughs> and I, I guess that didn't really stop them, the fact that there weren't beds. Just I don't... sans bedroom. Yeah. All or, right. I mean, in my opinion, they're all rooms. If you have 300 rooms... That's true. That's a lot of rooms. Bedroom, yeah. I think more so the point of this copied and pasted part <laughs> is that Nero didn't didn't use the palace for living. Mm. It was simply a destination for events for him. Damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the, like, most insane. It was the most insane show of decadence and wealth that, honestly, we've maybe ever seen. Ooh, interesting. I don't know if I would say the most decadent that we've ever seen, because I didn't research everything. Everything. <laughs> But it's up there. It's up there. So in addition to, or I guess one of these 300 rooms was actually a rotating dining room. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was so you can finally feel everything revolving around you. Literally. Oh. I don't know if that's true or not, but you got to imagine. I mean. You got to imagine. Yeah. According to historyhit.com, uh... Well, Nero's Nero's Golden House went to good use for four whole years and was set to host some of the most debauched parties in antiquity. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nero would ply his guests with elaborate gluttonous feasts, which uh. guests would supposedly only, excuse me, where, no, it says which, but psh, typo on their part. Uh-huh. Where guests were only allowed to leave if they were going to make themselves vomit <gasps> so that they could continue eating. Or to have sex. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, talk about wealth disparity. Exactly. Doesn't that remind you of the Hunger Games? I mean, for real. <laughs> That's exactly what they do, except they just have pills to do it. So yeah. it's like futuristic. Yeah. Roman wow. Empire. Jesus. Speaking of Jesus, people believed that Nero would come back as the Antichrist. <gasps> because he persecuted many Christians that's a whole what? other story, but yeah, people truly believe Nero will Holy come back shit. as the Antichrist. Or he well, might. they did, I should say. What if he still does? Uh, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Even though it does remind me of the Hunger Games, honestly, it's like far scarier. Because legend has it that Nero would cover himself with the skins of wild animals and have men and women tied to posts <gasps> for him to ravage in the guise of a wild beast. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, guests were not allowed to leave until Nero had the doors opened and decreed the party to be over. So, so now... Is anybody, like, even having fun at that point in the night? That's a great question. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, it's, wow. It's giving me frat vibes. Hard like, hardcore, like, to the max. Like, we could easily be talking about a hazing ritual. For real. In fact, I feel like I've heard of this one. You know, maybe this is where it comes. <laughs> um, I, I imagine also that if 
if there were like-minded people, like Nero's besties, right, right, right. they would probably have been be murdered in, by Nero. Like they probably would be into that sort of thing as well. So maybe everybody was having a good time. That's a good point. I guess if he was that insane and like, ignorant. And all of his friends were right. his friends. Like, they're friends for a reason. So right. maybe they're just all on the same... Level? Level. I just don't think anyone is on the same level as the Roman Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to agree. I've never met anyone who's on that level. I mean, I've only met a few people. Oh, but. God. <laughs> so it didn't work out very well. Is after the four years, so 14 years into his reign, he was declared a public enemy by the Roman Senate. Ah, just too much poetry. God damn it. And he took his own life at the age of 30. Damn. Yeah. So not so good for yeah. our friend Nero. Sorry, Nero. I know. But, uh, I guess we'll never know. Because... <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the palace? End of story, right? End of story. Wrong! Wrong. Oh, thank God. Wrong. Thank God. So thank not God. wrong. I mean, so not right. <laughs> <laughs> it took about a decade, and then the entire palace had been ransacked, basically, and the stone, uh, excuse me, the precious... Mm-hmm. <sighs> like the precious stones and gems, I think you did? Yes, the precious stones and gems and gold leaf and those... The valuable items had all been basically wiped away a decade later. And his golden house was considered just a huge embarrassment because it represented everything that was ignorance in the form of decadence. Mm. Just 40 years after Nero's death, which when you think about it, would have been his 70th birthday. Isn't that insane these days? The golden palace was completely buried and that lake we talked about? Yeah. It's what we now call the Colosseum. No. Yes. No. Yes. That's the crazy thing about, I guess, Italy in general, but specifically Rome. There's so much history, even in this one location where the palace was. I mean, we're talking grave sites, uh, necropolis, Colosseum. There's like a whole hill thing going on. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, it's insane. Wow, I had no idea that the Colosseum was anything other than the Colosseum. Was a lake Let alone, point. yeah. I think you could also, they, they did design it so that you could flood the Colosseum. That makes sense, yeah. So it, I wonder if that was maybe just a byproduct of Nero's lake. Could be. Even though Nero's dining room is no longer turning, the world certainly was in the late 15th century. Thank you for your snaps. <laughs> When a young Roman boy fell through a cleft in the Esquiline hillside. Copied and pasted. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you imagine you're walking on a hill, frolicking away, la da 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 and you fall into a cleft? What, what, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. But imagine if when you fall into this cleft, you then find the remains of the Golden Palace, <gasps> and you're in this grotto-like cave covered in beautiful frescoes and artwork. I mean, no, I feel like I would go to the townspeople and nobody would believe me until I brought everyone back. Well, Hannah, I wonder, were you there? Because that's just about kind of what happened. Oh, well, I am. I mean, I am the young Roman boy. 
Uh, if only you were the people that he told, because that included the likes of Michelangelo and Raphael, oh. who are famous for designing the Vatican. Everything is connected. In Everything this. is connected. This young Roman boy gets out of the grotto somehow, or the cleft, or the pleasure palace, whatever we're calling it now. Yeah. And everyone else doesn't believe him, maybe. That part wasn't clear on Wikipedia, but <laughs> they come back and bring ropes down to go investigate. And the Golden Palace, it really impacted a lot of what we consider some of the most historical artwork and ideas about creativity. Insane. Nero's Pleasure Palace. Yeah, so basically the inspiration for one of the holiest places in the world, the Vatican, and for the most revered art of the early Renaissance was the Golden Pleasure Palace. Oh my god. Yeah, which was home to some of the wildest parties history has ever seen question mark question mark? I mean, I believe it. What a hoot! Wow. That's insane. I love hearing like the amount of layers that go into history and how we understand things today and view things today and Right. So there's so much more to it always. Exactly. And when you think about too who had the privilege of authoring history? True. And who didn't? What we're missing at the same time? Yeah. I think if we had all of it, we would maybe not even know what to do with ourselves. Yeah, it would be a, definitely a different picture that we're looking at. But I would like to see the full picture. I would too. Have you ever been to what have you ever been to a party that has even been like comparably wild? Oh, no. I don't think so at all. In thinking about what I wanted to talk about for this episode, I was thinking back to what parties have I been to in my life, what just my relationship with parties in general. Mm. Um, so, of course, I was thinking about, like, college parties um, where, you know, you're partying in a nasty-ass frat basement. Someone is the backpack beer holder. Ooh. That was always me. I always carried the backpack. By choice? Um, Yeah, kind of by choice, but also, like, everybody appreciated it. Is that um, why you chose to do it? Um, no, I think I just, I think I just liked having the security Mm. of like, I have all the things and if I leave, the beer's gone. The beer's gone. Sorry guys. That's true. You do hold a lot of power in that position. Yeah. And I get that with like a, I I get that with having a backpack on Mm -hmm. because it definitely does. feels like an anxiety blanket or a weighted blanket. It does. Like something about walking around with something on your body like that whether it be like a fanny pack Mm -hmm. just is nice secure secure um i also thought back to um my high school musical 2 themed Mm. birthday party i was there i still have the cd that your mom burned of the album yes um along with mr doll the minnesota state senator's christmas carol CD that he gave oh the AP, uh, AP government class. Whoa. He signed it. It's no big deal. Oh my god. Oh, he didn't get reelected, famous. but eh. Kevin Dahl. Kevin Dahl. I'm vote for him next time. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking back to my High School Musical 2 birthday party. Duh. And how <laughs> legendary of a party that was. Truly. It honestly lived in my memory. And I mean, it, it still, still does. <laughs> but it was kind of the... Everything I compare parties against now... Is dates back to high that school party. musical your party well because i mean i don't know if any of y'all listening remember but um 
when High School Musical 2, the summer vacation episode, uh, movie. movie. (laughs) We're not talking episodes. No, no, no. When When that movie came out, it was like a premiere on Disney Channel and we all knew when it was going to premiere. It was a big deal. And so I had this big old sleepover. Um, Didn't it coincide with your birthday, though? It did. It did. Okay, cool. It coincided with my birthday. Um, I, I just wanted to be clear that you didn't only have a party no, for the release of the movie. But I might, as, wouldn't. I might as well have. Exactly. Um, <laughs> this is true. But but that was, you know, a defining party in, in my life. So have you been to any comparable parties to... <laughs> Your High School Musical 2 movie premiere birthday bash? Um, Sorry if I got the official name wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have been to a party recently that was one of the coolest parties that I've been to, probably. Does it top this one? I mean, in my memory, never. Good. Yeah, never. But in, in the way that I think about parties now, it absolutely does. Ooh. So this party was in... An old preschool, which was really interesting. I don't... Were there ghosts? No. So it was... This preschool was, like, transformed into a home. So these... A bunch of rooms. But when you walk in, like, it smells like a a preschool. It looks... Mm. Like, you can tell that, like, certain rooms were more, like, community spaces or classrooms or... That's so interesting that the smell is still there. Yes. Like, you could tell the vibes of a school... We're there. Do you were you just like I'm ready to party? I was ready to party. In and you're the like, wow, preschool. small children, let's do it. Yeah, no small children were there. Thank Good. God. Um, no small children were harmed in the making of this episode. They were not. <laughs> but so this was a pride party uh, from this last year, and the people that I was going to go see at this party, they had a hand in hosting and everything and planning, and. They are relatively trauma-informed people. We love um, that. We love that. It's it's plays into the work that we do together and and everything. Um, as a life skills manager. As a life skills manager, which you're very good at. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. Just just trying to help peeps where we can. So this party was my first experience with a trauma-informed party was super cool there was a sensory room full of like a, there was a bucket of orbeez and like kinetic sand and like good mood lighting and it was an area where you if you were feeling overwhelmed you could decompress and like go kind of remove yourself from the hustle and bustle of the party party oh. and it was it was perfect it was wonderful that sounds so nice yeah. i'm thinking if i were my mom the question that she would ask me if mm. i told her about this party mm-hmm. would immediately be like so was everyone on drugs Oh, that is a good question. There were a few people, few people that were doing harder drugs, but it was really the environment that we were in was really calming and I didn't partake personally, but I had never been in a room with people who outwardly asked if I was comfortable if they did a drug. Really? Um, yeah. So, so like in this in this room when we were trying to decompress, people would come in and say, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna do cocaine. Like, are you comfortable with me doing that in front of you right now?" And that was a new experience for me because in in the past when I had happened to be around those things, I 
you know, didn't really have a say in the situation. Right. I, I, it was either I remove myself or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of deal with it. But the whole aura of this party was very trauma-informed, really um, caring and sensitive towards other people. Some of the other things that were at this party was, like, um, an art station. Ooh. So if you wanted to remove yourself from the party and decompress and do some art, that was a thing. There was an outdoor space. There was a DJ dancing area. There was Narcan and fentanyl testing strips Whoa. around. Yeah, so so super aware and um, sure. trying to do the most with harm reduction as possible, which, again, that was my first experience ever with a party that was so conscious about those things. Yeah, I... I want to just real quick pause and kind of explain how you once described harm reduction to me, just in case anyone listening doesn't know what it is Mm -hmm. or does and is curious to hear what we have to say about it. Yeah, please. I remember you explaining how at different points at your job where there are conflicts or disagreements and things, sometimes it's maybe more beneficial to go up to someone and say, hey, take Mm -hmm. a cigarette go have a smoke break Mm -hmm. to diffuse the situation Mm -hmm. rather than allowing it to escalate to, you know, a fist fight or whatever it may be in that moment. Right. Like doing whatever you can in the moment to not eliminate all risk, but to decrease significantly the amount of risk that you are exposed to. Right. As a human and in society and humanity, like we are never free of all risk. So I think being conscious or conscious of harm reduction is a really cool and important thing to do. Definitely. Definitely. Especially in a party setting where people want to engage in in more risky behavior. Mm -hmm. Where that's just a given when you have alcohol and other drugs Mm -hmm. and things Mm -hmm. in the mix. If someone is in recovery from a substance or tobacco, for example, that wouldn't necessarily be the right answer mm-hmm. if you might not want to say hey go smoke a cigarette harm right reduction now. looks different for each person yes like what is actually going to be reducing the harm for you as an individual versus somebody else right i do like that idea though because i feel like it gets at the gray area mm-hmm. of why people partake in risky behavior mm-hmm. why absolutely people do drugs and other engage in addictive behaviors mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it it made me think about the whole purpose of parties in general. Mm. Parties are a thing that we attend as humans to engage socially, to let off steam, to connect with other people, mm-hmm. to, to kind of just... To celebrate. To celebrate. To, to mourn. To mourn. To, to, for so many different Commemorate. reasons. Um. And so, so many parties can take so many different forms. And I think what I've learned through my recent, like, party experience with this really trauma-informed, harm-reduction-style party that was also a great celebration of pride and queerness and togetherness. Um, How many people would you say attended this party? Honestly, it's hard to say because there were so many different areas for people to be in. At least, like, 100. Okay, so pretty big. Yeah, it was a pretty big party. But what I gained from that experience was that my version of partying is 
so different from anybody else's and anybody else's version of partying is probably different than any other person so when I think of partying as like the traditional frat party like Mm -hmm. in a frat like that sounds terrible to me but then when I think of partying as like this party that I recently went to where like there's a sensory room there's an art station you can go outside and hang out with the pretty lights and it just a more soothing comforting experience where you get to socialize and and have all the other benefits of a party it really made me realize that partying isn't just one specific thing it's like you get to make your party experience whatever you want it to be creating the space that you actually want to inhabit if you're throwing a party is a really beautiful thing and kind of the whole point and kind of the whole point yeah because if you're throwing a party where nobody is actually enjoying themselves and everybody's stressed out the music is too loud people are anxious and just people don't feel safe it, it, you're missing the whole point of a party right um and so I think that's how my view of parties have changed over my entire life from like having a high school musical to party <laughs> like which will forever live which in history is the best one you've ever had ever to college parties where in all honesty looking back I didn't have that much fun because I don't enjoy being in a crowded frat basement with flashing lights and bumping music like that's just not my vibe what What? so insane so this recent experience really allowed me to see that like partying and parties in general isn't something that I dislike it's the version of the party and like what goes into the party and who is there, what the energy is like. Um, And that was really important for me to experience, I think. I love that. I love that you were able to kind of reckon with the societal view of parties, the Mm -hmm. typical idea of a party, at least where we are in the world. Yeah. And to understand, too, I mean, the point is social connection and to have fun and to feel happy and good. Yeah. And to feel to feel free and relaxed and connected to people that you care about. And I think maybe what you explained just now, if I may summarize, yeah. tell me if I'm wrong, yeah. is what was different about this party was that you felt accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And safe. Because I knew that everybody around me was also very conscious about other people's feelings and other people's safety and their own safety. Right. Yeah. It, it was a, it was really inspiring and made me want to incorporate some of those elements in whatever future parties I throw. Absolutely. What's I mean, that? I do think we would have to first invest in a much larger apartment. Yeah. Yeah, that would have to happen. But for now, we can just attend parties. We can, yeah. Hosting parties is a whole other beast. But yeah, it really changed the game of parties for me. I want to hear from any of our listeners what kind of, not even necessarily crazy or wild, but just like wacky and memorable parties you've been to yeah like expand our minds what kind of parties are we missing out on themed parties 
sound like so much fun. Like dress as yourself from 2005 themed party or favorite character from a TV drama. Yes. Some, oh. Like something. Hannah, I we think should throw a party. Some, I think we should too. Do you remember the Halloween party that we threw? I do. That was the one party that we threw here. Well, we gotta go, you guys, because we have to go plan our, our party. next party. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks. See you next time on That Took a Good Turn. turn. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to That Took a Turn. The podcast. Written, produced, and everything by us, Kay Geary and Hannah Domish. It's pretty DIY. If you're digging the pod, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Vlad Took a Turn wherever you're listening to this podcast. I mean, if you made it to this point, you at least were like bored enough to listen. I know. Either way, you can also check us out on Instagram and on TikTok at That Took a Turn Podcast. Special thanks to Garrett Burns and special thanks to our listeners for listening. Our theme song is by Music Unlimited. Don't forget our handsome prince, Tony the Dog. This has been my handsome prince production.